thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. It would have been about 19, my goodness, yeah, around 1965. God spoke to my husband and said, I'm going to give you a son named Stephen. And you're to name him Stephen because he will be, he will move in a miracle flow. Just like in the book of Acts. And... Uh, I so appreciate my sons. In case you didn't know, this this is Stephen over here. You've been hearing from Morgan, my daughter-in-law. This is my other son, Grant. We, we get, we're getting the bases covered. And um, they've just grown up helping us because we didn't ask. And people say, you know, well, I, I don't tell my kids what they're called to because I don't want it to be me calling. Me telling my kids what God said about their future is not me calling them. Train them up in the way they should go. And uh, God said to us, and we didn't hide it from them what God said to us about their future. Amen. And you know, you just follow how God tells you, but that's how we, we did it. And so we just kept our kids here. We just kept them here. We kept them in the local church. We guarded their fellowship like a rattlesnake. And uh, we paid attention. Three keys to parenting. And um, both of our sons have been such a blessing. Never given us a day's worth of heartache. Because the word kept our family. And uh, one of the things, and I was saying this today, one of the things I appreciate, our sons, we don't expect them to operate or function like uh, a replica of us. We want them to flow the way God has authored them to flow, but the thing I appreciate about my sons, and that's the right thing to do, is even though they're operating the way God built them, they stayed in the same spirit of faith they were raised in. The same flow of faith. And bringing their supply by staying in the flow that God raised this family in. God didn't raise this family in this flow to suddenly change it when they hit older years. And we understood that for our sons. 
And so because of that, we've just not wandered going, where do we go? What do we do next? We just stayed in the same flow that God set our family in, and we're all bringing our part in that flow. Amen. And so there is a healing anointing on Stephen, miracle anointing on him. And what we've got to learn to do in services, and I know you do, draw on the anointing. Draw on the anointing that's present. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to welcome my son, Stephen yes. Dufresne, as he comes tonight. Tonight, I want to talk about something that I ministered at the Merced Church, and I got it when I was working manual labor. You know, something about manual labor, God talks to you. If you don't work, I don't think God talks to you. Now, <laughs> now that's not biblical. I made that up. I'm just putting that out there. Pastor Lekedic, would you agree with that? Thank you, sir. I got a hanky wave at the first of the service. I'm doing pretty good. But I believe when you put your hand to something, God will talk to you. And you're out working and doing something, God will talk to you and, and minister to you. And he started talking to me about, about something. I didn't know the wording in the best way I could call it. Though he was saying it to me, and I'm saying it like this. The miracle is in the arising. And I will explain it. But it went off in my spirit, and it wasn't like I, I was taught it. I just caught something when it, it just went off in me, you know. And I started looking through the Bible to find stuff that what he was telling me to, to parallel with. And so tonight, if you would, go to Mark 2.5. Mark 2.5. Mark 2.5. Hallelujah. Mark 2, 5. And here it's, um, we know this story and I want to go ahead and read it. And again, he entered Capernaum and after some days, it was heard that he was in the house and immediately uh, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them yeah. and they came to him and they were bringing a paralytic who was carried by how, how many men? Four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. I want to stop there. Now, we know we've seen pictures of this, but I'm sure this was a very clumsy method. Because anytime you're carrying somebody that's limp, yeah. to get them on a roof... It's not an easy task. Is that true? And I'm sure it doesn't look very nice. Okay? Now, we can imagine the bed being maybe two posts and a piece of fabric underneath to just put them in. We're not talking about an ambulance stretcher of today's day. Right? It's maybe more of a sack with two sticks. Right? So this, so this guy's friends are tired of taking care of this man, and they want to get him healed. So they're bringing their faith... They're tired of hauling him around, and they're so ambitious in faith that they're willing, since the door was blocked, they can't wait any longer. So what are they going to do? They're going to get this man on the roof, and we know on a lot of roofs back then, maybe it was a hatch roof, you know, maybe uh, uh, types of wheat and just junk and garbage just to cover, that there is some support beams in that roof that you have to walk on. You can't just walk on, on, on a grass roof. There's some places you got to walk. So you try to walk on those beams and carry a person is quite a feat. How do you 
you get them up on the roof anyways? I'm sure there wasn't a bona fide walkway. So what do we got to imagine? They got to strap this man to these sticks and shovel him up in, in expectation that he may fall out. It's possible. Is that true? He's not, he can't really hold on. He's getting, he's going 90 degrees up a roof. Is that true? He's going straight up and, but can it get any worse for him? I I don't think so. His life, he's already bedridden. So what's he got to lose? Is that true? So we think, what's this man got to lose? And his friends don't care either because they, they really don't. But they are willing, and then they get this man up, up the side of the wall. Okay, let's get this is an eight, nine, ten foot wall. They have shoved him up on this roof. Now more people are walking, I'm assuming, down support beams with this thing, and one is starting to kick the roof in. Is that true? It's not a perfect square, everybody. That's the way we've been taught. That they lowered him down with with with, with some kind of girt. No! This is crazy. They have one man in front is kicking in the hatch roof and, and, and there's junk falling. And what are they going to do? They're going to shove them through the hole. Is that right? They're going to dump him through the hole in front of Jesus because he's the healer. So it doesn't matter whether you fall in or get lowered in. You're at the foot of Jesus. Amen. So they know this is their day. They have kicked the roof in, and let's assume everybody below is not very happy. Dust and garbage is falling on them. Jesus has stopped his ministering because the roof is coming down. So they have struck this man on there and shoveled him down in there at the foot of Jesus. Let me keep reading. And he preached the word to them, and they came and bring him. Let's go down. And when they came to the house because of the crowd, we know that. I just read that. And he was lying. Go to verse 5. And Jesus, he what? Saw their faith. Faith takes risk. Because in the mind, it doesn't think, I'm about to tear up somebody's house. For my own sake and my friend's sake, but it's worth it. Is that true? Because he saw their faith and he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Go down to 11. I say to you what? Arise. Let's try that again. That was pretty bad. Let's try it again. I say to you. Arise. Let's do it one more time. I say to you. Arise. So what's the man got to do now? He's got to get up, but he can't though, right? Because he's paralyzed. Is that true? Yeah. He's paralyzed. And that's where we are today in the body of Christ, in my opinion, is you don't understand why I can't get up. It's because I don't feel healed. And he said to you, he didn't say, warm honey will flow over you in 30 seconds and it will give you power and you will jump up and carry your bed. No, he didn't say that. He told him, he said to you, arise, take up your bed, 
and go to your house. And what did the man say? He didn't say anything. But what did he do? He did it. What? How, how do you do that if you're paralyzed? You at some point in your body have to do something against sickness. You have to go against disease. You can't keep doing that. You can't say, well, I can't. You didn't even try. Amen. So faith, when if you look at sickness, if we make a chart, you're doing good, life's good, all of a sudden you get sick. You get something, you start going down. And how does your confession go? Right with it. Everything goes right down with it, right? Because it just pulls you down. But what faith does, sickness goes this way, your confession goes this way. It's the opposite of what is physically happening. That's what faith is. It goes against what's actually happening. So he tells this man, arise, take up your bed and go home. And immediately, who arose? He. He did. So he had to pick himself up out of that position that he has been in. So he had to get up and say, I'm not staying like this. I got to try. And the moment he tried, that's where it came. Right there. It didn't come before. It came at the arising. It's when he tried. He rose and picked up his bed and went out of the presence of all of them. And they did not pay for the roof. They all left. <laughs> and it says that they were amazed. Let me tell you, here's, here's my perspective of this man. Now that he's been raised off of this bed, the last thing I want to do is go lay down that night. Because I've been in that a bed forever. So you better strap me up against the wall because I'm not buying another bed in my lifetime. And I'm throwing this bed on the side of the road because I don't need that bed anymore. So there's something about faith that doesn't say, well, I don't feel, well, I may get sick later. You discard all the garbage that was associated with it. And I'm pretty sure he slept sitting up. Because think of where he came from. He's now up, not laying down. The miracle is when you try. You don't have to feel anointed. You don't have to feel all that stuff. You don't have to fear warm oil. That sounds great. Some of y'all had that a couple days ago. Good for you. What about the rest of the folks? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. Well, when you laid hands on me, I didn't feel anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you do or don't feel. You have to make a decision that I'm healed tonight. And if you don't make that decision, you've never crossed the bridge and say, this is my line. And no matter what I feel, no matter what happens, I know I'm healed. Because that's what the Word of God says. Because most of the time, we've come up in the healing line, we get hands laid on, we don't feel the warm oil or fall on the floor, so we go, well, dang, it must have not have helped. I'll get them next time. Come on. No. We've missed it. 
The miracle is in the arising. Well, you say, Brother Stephen, I have stomach problems. How can I do some? How can I work that? Obviously, getting up is the opposite of laying down. But there are certain things in our body that we can't do the opposite of, right? If you have stomach problems, I don't know what else to, you know, you can't get up from that. But what you can do is something. You can say, you know what, by faith, I spin this hula hoop around me, and I say that this is my arising, that I am healed, and as I spin this hula hoop in a circle, that's my arising. That's what you can do. You not telling me Jesus won't meet you there? My God. You can roll on the floor. You can run around in your bathrobe. It don't matter. Well, what is your arising that you need in your life? And put grounds to something and say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not giving in. I'm doing the opposite. The opposite. Well, my knee hurts. What? This is what I'm talking about. Step on it more. What do you got to lose? It already hurt. Hurt it more. Tell it to line up with the Word of God. There comes a point where the rubber meets the road. You say enough is enough in your life. Amen. Y'all being helped. You have to move it. If it's a leg, whatever. It doesn't matter. You have to do the opposite. Make something up by faith. Make something up by faith that you do against what you're going through. If I laid hands, when I lay hands on you tonight, if you need healing, and you go home, and I don't feel any different. See, but then you're just going to do this the rest of your life every time there's a healing line. Because you, you, you hear, we hear about warm honey. We hear about hot feelings. But then if that doesn't happen, we discard it as we didn't get nothing. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. We, we've let it go, but I'm telling you, there comes a point. There comes a point that you say, tonight is my night. And no matter two weeks from now, three weeks from now, one month from now, if I'm hurting, I was healed on January 11th. X amount of time, it doesn't matter. That's when I wipe my hands of that junk and this is where I'm at now. This is what I believe. With sickness still flowing through your body, I know I'm healed. Healing is not a feeling. It's a promise that Jesus said, if you'll believe it, you'll have it. And once you, you remember that feeling, uh, healing is not a feeling, all of a sudden your, 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 your thinking changes and you go, it doesn't matter what I feel like, I'm healed by the power of God. You're still getting headaches. It doesn't matter what that feels like because the promise says it's true. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's go to John 5, 9. Let's back up to 5, 5. The reason, um, one of the reasons... I'm, I'm approaching 40 years old. I'm 37. I'm approaching 40. Growing up, growing up in the church, 
we were always preparing ourselves for signs, wonders, and miracles. Do you remember that growing up in the church? We were preparing, we were listening to what Jesus did, what Samson did. We were listening to all this stuff, and we've been getting ready all these years. But the faith message, good teaching, good all this stuff, because we were going to cast out demons, we were going to, people were going to be healed and all that stuff, but something happened. And here I am, 40 years old, going, this isn't what I was told I was supposed to get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A little healing here and there, living on testimonies, 100 years old. I'm not against those. But what about 2023? How about some new ones? How about some new testimonies? I'm not satisfied, and I really don't care anymore. I'm going to try it. I, I, I'm going to lay hands on you. Yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care what you think. I don't care what I think anymore. <laughs> what do I got to lose? What do you got to lose? You're already sick. The doctor's just going to drain you of the rest of your money. You're not going to have anything left anyways. You might as well give all to God and Jesus and say, this is my line in the sand. You don't have nothing to lose. You're already hurt. You've already been to the doctor. You've been to the urgent care. You've taken the pills. Now what? I'm just speaking truth, right? Amen. Praise God. Did y'all go where I told you to go? John 5, 5. And now a certain man was there who had an infirmity. How many years? And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had already been there in a condition for a long time. The way I saw how he knew, if you see a homeless person and they've been there for a long time, how much garbage do they have accumulated next to them? Quite a lot. Right? You've seen it under underpasses. They wasn't there a day. They have a whole community built. So we can imagine this homeless man now has junk all around him. He has got all his little comforts, what he can afford or have, next to him. And he's laying by the pool. We know that. So Jesus knew he'd been here for a long time. And Jesus saw him lying there, knew he had been there. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have nobody to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. Well, I wouldn't put him in the pool either. I'm going in first. I wouldn't throw you in there and leave me out. Right? I'm hurting too. You better crawl over there and just wait. But he's way in the back. This is how most Christians are. Uh oh. I don't like you no more, Brother Stephen. I don't like you. Is we become comfortable in the waiting. You're not that sick, but you're not that great. It's acceptable. He's not trying very hard, is he? He's in the back. Can't get to the front. The healing's in the front. Okay, we got that. He, he, so he don't have no one to stir him up. But, when I'm com but while another was coming and stepped down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise up and take your bed and walk. There's that word what? Rise. Rise. rise up. So what does he got to do? Does he need to repeat himself and say, no, 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 you don't understand. I've got all my junk here. Yeah. I, I can't get up. But what's he do? And it says, and what? Immediately, immediately was made, whole. was made well and took up his bed. But it's the moment, 
it's the moment that he's here and he's laying here like this. He's laying on the floor. What's he got to do? At this moment right here, this is where healing comes up because he tried. Because he tried to get up. He tried to get up and most Christians say, I don't feel healed yet so I can't get up. No, no, no. You got to try. What do you got to lose? Fall back on the floor? You've already made a good home there. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. It don't matter if you got to swing a hula hoop. Like I said, it don't matter. Where, where's that line that you say, I'm doing this by faith? Well, I can't walk very good. Then go for a walk. Go for a walk. Well, I'm sick today. I don't feel like getting up. Defy it. Sickness goes like this. Which way do you go? Let me see. Oh, that way. That way. Sickness goes this way. Faith people go that way. There you go. You won't forget that now. So when sickness comes in, now you know. You don't give in to it. You go against it. So if you're laying down, what's the opposite of laying up? Get up. Get up. Healing is at that moment when you try by faith. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. The completion of healing is in the action. You got to put action to your faith. You got to put action to your faith. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, The Healer Divine, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has already made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. On this CD, Confessions of Healing, Nancy Dufresne begins to lead in confessions for healing from the scriptures, allowing time for the listener to repeat them after her. If you or someone you know is in need of healing, this CD will be a blessing to you. Order today at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. The enemy tries to steal from us everything that God has blessed us with, including our healing. We not only need to know how to receive our healing that Jesus purchased for us, but also know how to hold fast to that which we have. In this series, How to Keep Your Healing by Nancy Dufresne, learn how to skillfully stand your ground against the enemy's strategies and enjoy your total victory. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. In this book, by Nancy Dufresne, Peace, Living Free from Worry, she teaches how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Ontario, Canada at Promise of Life Church, August 27th through the 31st. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, 
Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you would like to share a testimony or let us know how this ministry has blessed you, we would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.